Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Keyboard Kimura podcast here on the Keyboard Kimura Substack, which now as I say that makes it sound very much like Singapore Indoor Stadium in Singapore, Singapore from Saturday night at UFC 275. It is Monday here in overcast Abbotsford, British Columbia. And let's get let's get into this. I was all set to dive into some of the like actual work that I have to do uh, this week. But as I do, I jumped on Twitter beforehand to procrastinate a little bit and just kind of see what's happening out there in the MMA world and just my timeline in general. And the first thing I see is John Gooden retweeting a picture from UFC Europe um, or a video from your UFC Europe account that is new light heavyweight champion Yuri Prohashka returning home to the Czech Republic and getting an absolute hero's welcome. Just a throng of people gathering and cheering and supporting this man, the first Czech fighter to win UFC gold. John said, love to see it. Yuri getting a hero's welcome. And it made me think back to a couple of weeks ago when there was the announcement of the Armin Saryukin, Matoish Gamrot main event and the blowback that that one got. And and one of the things that came up and, and John being the one that put that UFC Europe video in my timeline really triggered this because John rightfully jumped into that conversation and said, look, these guys are huge where they're from. They're massive stars where they're from. They have huge followings on Instagram and, and it's not just... That's a piece that, that people need to consider. And so when I saw it, and, and you know, I'm certainly going to retweet it because I'm, I'm excited for Yuri. I talked to him before this and, and asked him about what it would mean. And he really didn't have the words to describe what it would mean. And, you know, said there's a lot of people that aren't quite at the potential. And I want to show them that you can, you can live up to your potential and you can be at your full potential. Even though we're from this little small country, this previously war-torn country. And so to me, the thing I said when I when I retweeted it, when I quote tweeted it out there was next time anyone in the North American media wants to dismiss a foreign fighter, please reference this video. The United States and Canada are two of the most are the two most fickle, dismissive audiences in the world. Take the blinders off and start thinking about this as the global sport that it is. And I just want to expand on it a little. I just want to share these thoughts because I have conversations all the time with friends here in, in kind of the, the lower mainland in the Vancouver area about is the UFC coming back and what would they do? And do you remember when they were here last time and it hasn't been great? And we talk about Canada as a whole and probably not getting an event this year. That's for different reasons. Um, but if you look at, you know, Canadian events as a whole over over the history in the UFC, obviously we had the high point of UFC 129 at the Sky Dome, where originally set the UFC attendance record and a huge event and the first event in Ontario and all of those things. But it's been declining attendance. It's been declining interest. It's been declining everything in this country over the last number of years. Out here in Vancouver, the first show and, and the first show anywhere is going to do good do well there's always going to be sort of that newness to it that energy to it that bring people to it 
But every year that they've been back, every time they've returned to Vancouver, the events have actually gotten better and the crowds have gotten smaller to the point where the first time there was a championship fight here in Vancouver, people left before it. Um, when we had the Fox show, that was a very good show. There weren't that many people here. I wasn't here for the last event that came through Vancouver, the Justin Gaethje, Donald Cerrone fight, but I know it wasn't as well attended as some of the previous ones. And I think that plays, you see that across the country, right? The crowds in Montreal were never as good as when George St. Pierre was fighting there or those first few events. Now, obviously, having a guy like George changes things. He certainly changes the metrics and the dynamic. But this sport to me has never been about we need to have a hometown hero fighting here in order to support it. We need to have somebody local here in order to support it because that wasn't what it was, at least to me, to begin with. It was, we love these athletes. We love this sport. We love the competition. We know these names and we're going to turn out and we want to be a part of it. But that's not necessarily the case anymore. In Canada, it seems that we, we do this thing where... Once we get something, when we initially start something, when we have a little bit of experience with it, we shift into, but it needs to be better than this. This isn't good enough. I want more than this. With everything all the time, forever, ad infinitum. If you look at, I can only speak to here in Vancouver, the Vancouver area where I live and, and the coverage of a team like the Canucks, right? where everything is not good enough. Nothing is ever good enough. Everything is always a little bit less, a little bit not quite what we want it to be. I need it to be more. And it feels that way with UFC events. It feels that way with just about everything. Everything is not quite up to the ridiculous standard that we hold. It's not necessarily about supporting the venture. It's not necessarily about supporting the sport and the athletes it's i deserve more than this i want more than this i'll i i will only support it if i get what i want and i think that permeates over to the way many people in the north american media many people in the north american fan base of the ufc look at this sport they operate with blinders on where the only thing they think about is their opinion and their view and their idea about these athletes and these fights and who they are and what they mean. And if they don't know them, it must mean that no one knows them. Because after all, they're the people jumping in my timeline when I say things about Armin Saryukin and Emma Toysh Gamrot being terrific fighters and very much deserving of a main event opportunity that say, well, I watch all the events and I don't know who these guys are. And so that must carry over to everyone else. Because there's this block that says, if I don't know them, it's impossible for anyone else to know them. Because I'm, again, center of the universe. If, if, if the way I think about this isn't the way that everybody else thinks about it, then that can't be real. It's, it's not possible that that works that way. And I'm here to say, and that video is here to say, that you're absolutely wrong. That there is so much more about this sport beyond the borders of the United States, beyond the borders of North America. In fact, I would say it is greater everywhere else than it is here. It always makes me laugh when, you know, you see these fighters from, from different nations, Yuri Prohoshka currently, as he's in the moment. 
you know, Jose Aldo from Brazil when he was on his way up and the various different Brazilians as, as they've competed. And as we've seen every time the UFC goes back to Brazil, it's Brazil against everyone and Uva Moyer to everyone that isn't Brazilian because it's Brazil over everybody. We saw it with Connor and the SBG crew in Dublin when they were on the rise. Ireland versus everybody. We saw it in North America with Connor and the Irish. I was in attendance for a couple of those shows. And I tell you what, UFC 189 and UFC 194 may have been stationed in North America. They may have taken place in Las Vegas, but they sure as shit were in Dublin those nights because those people came out with passionate support. And it wasn't just for Connor. It's not just for the big name. And that's the piece that's missing with North American audiences. That's the piece that gets lost sometimes with North American media who fixate on the biggest names and miss the fact that even the smallest names for those Dublin shows, those early fights in those Dublin shows, you go back and watch that first event that Conor McGregor headlined in Dublin against Diego Brandao and from fight one through to the end, that Irish audience was there and in full throat for every single fight and got louder for every Irish fighter that walked to the cage or every fighter representing a gym in Ireland that walked to that cage. And we see that everywhere that the UFC goes when they went to Poland, when they went to Australia, when they go to Japan even. Now Japan, they're a little more muted, they're a little more subdued, but there is a, a reverence and appreciation of great fighting and not just great names. And we don't have that here. We don't cover it that way in North America. We don't speak about it in that way in North America because there is this belief, this, this prevailing ego, this prevailing overconfidence that North America is the center of the world and therefore everything swings and dictate is dictated by the way we think of things here and the way we perceive things and view things here. And it's just such horseshit. It's just such a close-minded, selfish view of the world. Especially in a sport where we have athletes from literally all over the globe that are dominating this sport, that are champions in the UFC. To then think, well, nobody in North America knows them, so they must not be good enough. And they must not be big enough names to headline events or to be treated like superstars and, and that they're going to get these heroes welcomes when they go back to their homes. It's just such an idiotic idea. And I think part of it is because in North America, we don't do it that way. We don't have that reverence and, and national pride in these athletes. It always makes me laugh that come Olympic time, everybody in Canada is suddenly all out for the, for the Maple Leaf. But in the three years leading up to it and in the months even in, in an Olympic year leading up to those events, you don't see Canadian fans and Canadian people rushing around to support Canadians in various other than in their in their actual sports, right? When it comes time that the, the Maple Leaf is on and it's represent the nation, then everybody is behind those Canadian athletes. But when they're just Canadian athletes out competing in the world, we don't support them the same way. North America, very much the same. It's almost, it's not even regional. You don't just see fighters from certain regions getting that love in their own region. You don't see 
American fighters and American fans getting behind every American fighter. Maybe it's because there's too many, but maybe it's because there's just not that same connectivity. There's not that same national pride and unity from a fan base and from an audience that goes, that's our guy. We're going to be behind him. That's our person. We're supporting them no matter what. Them against everybody. Us against everybody. Because nothing's ever good enough, it seems. That fighter is never good enough. The matchup is never good enough. The event is never good enough. And yet everywhere else in the world, it seems that those things are good enough and they're celebrated and they're revered and they're applauded and they're given heroes' welcomes like Yuri Prohashka is. And yes, we've seen it with some American fighters, right? We've seen it. Stipe Miocic wins the title. He comes home. He gets a parade in Cleveland. First person to bring a championship home to the land. I don't care. You know, people don't necessarily want to count it because it's not a big four sport. Stipe broke that curse before LeBron did. And I will take that. That is a hill I will die on. I got you, Stipe. But we don't see it the same way we see it. Like you knew when Yuri Prohashka won that belt on Saturday that he was going to get home to the Czech Republic and have that welcome and have that scene. And it's a thing that I think a lot of people in North America don't understand and don't grasp because they can't look beyond their bubble. They can't look beyond the world they live in and, and the scope of their view. It doesn't extend beyond borders. It doesn't extend beyond regions. It doesn't extend beyond impressions of everywhere else because there's this American-centric idea that if it's not big here, if it's not a thing here, it's not big anywhere and it doesn't matter. But that's just not the case. These athletes are legendary in their homelands. Matoish Gamrot is a superstar at home. Yoana Janjacek retiring is a loss for us as UFC fans and as MMA fans. But that woman is going to go home to Poland and make bushels of money because she is a superstar there. You think she's popular in MMA. And she is. She is absolutely popular in the MMA world. But she is a superstar at home in Poland. It's the same way you remember when Vitor Belfort and Anderson Silva were at the height of their powers and heading into their rivalry, Vitor Belfort was a national superstar in Brazil. On a level that we, we just don't comprehend in North America. Because it's so rare that those people come along from any sport, right? Vitor Belfort was Michael Jordan level in Brazil. That's the comparison I'll make. That's, that's the name I'll throw out there. So that you understand kind of the scope of it. Now, he wasn't Michael Jordan across the world because Jordan became a global brand the way Conor McGregor became a, a global icon, right? The way some of these football players, soccer players are global athletes, global icons. A lot of these UFC athletes that are from places outside of North America are icons that way in their home. We saw it with Cheeto Vera just recently when he went home to Ecuador. Right, And people jump out and go, ah, this is so great to see Cheeto getting a superstar welcome and, he, and he's treated like a superstar where he is. That happens with all kinds of these athletes. And if we don't start recognizing that and addressing it as such and understanding it, 
when we talk about these fights, when we speak about these matchups, we are doing a disservice to the sport, to the competitors, and to ourselves because it just shows that we are narrow-minded. It just shows that we have the blinders on and aren't looking at this from what that person means to the people back home where they're from. It means we're skipping over everybody else to think about it from our own perspective and, and just ourselves. And that's ridiculous to me. I get fired up about this stuff because I think this is the greatest sport in the world. I think moments like Saturday where we all commune together to watch a fight card from Singapore with fighters from myriad nations competing, putting on an incredible show over the course of six hours where I'm watching it in prime time, Harry's watching it in the wee hours of the morning in London, people are watching it all over the globe at all different hours, but we're doing it communally and we're sharing it together and we're on social media platforms all reveling in the excitement and the energy and the shifts of emotion and momentum together to then step back and have North American media and have North American fans forget that, ignore that, not think about that when discussing these things is selfish to me. It's disrespectful to me. It's dismissive to me because we know from those experiences on Saturday nights when we see, you know, tweets being put up from all kinds of people in North America, but then, you know, a guy like Jordan Patu shows up. Shout out to the Anzac boy, Jordan, the Uso over there. And so I just think that, that this video should be a reminder the same way that, that John, John Gooden's words when we were discussing that Matoish Gamrat, Armin Saryukin fight next week are, are reminders. The same way that, you know, UFC wrote, Road to UFC Singapore was last week and John and Laura Sanko did a terrific job on the call. People in North America dismissed it and said, ah, it's nothing, but God damn, it was a big deal to everybody that competed in it. And the people from those gyms and the people that train with those athletes. And there were some very good athletes on that show, on that series, that I think are going to be people that make it to the UFC that we, that we hear from. There's this dismissiveness that, that pervades media right now and that pervades North American media. And I get that you're always going to be centered and focused on where you represent and the area you represent, whether that's country or region or state or whatever it may be, right? As a Canadian, there was always an impetus for me to write about Canadian athletes because it's going to get more traction if I put a piece in the paper that says, here's the Canadian athletes competing this weekend on this Canadian card, get to know them. That works better in a Canadian newspaper that can be syndicated. But there was never a time where I said, people from these other regions, people from these other nations aren't stars. They aren't a big deal. They're nobody. They're people that I don't need to pay attention to because from the get-go, I've understood that this is a global sport where these athletes mean so much to the people where they're from. And in many cases are role models and representatives and beacons of hope for people where they're from. 
and inspirations to people where they're from. And maybe that's not the same here with North American audiences and North American athletes in the numbers that it is overseas or, or around the world. But it is to a degree, there are people we've, we've seen it. We've heard it, right? We have athletes in the UFC that have said, you know, Kay Hansen says, Oh, I saw Ronda Rousey and that made me want to get into it. We see all these different people that say, Oh, I saw this guy and that made me want to go into it. I saw this woman and, and that made me want to pursue it. So we know it's there. It's just not as, bigger is prevalent and it's not the thing we cover as much and talk about as much here in North America because we want to focus on the drama and the gossip and the things that move clicks and the things that do all of those stuff. But I think when we don't talk about the global impact of these athletes and we don't take that wider angle lens view of things and we don't zoom out and look at this from a global perspective, not just from what I think about it here in North America where I am in regards to these two European athletes or these two foreign fighters, foreign in the context of not North American. I think we're, we're doing a disservice. We're not doing it right. And I hate saying right or wrong, but we're not doing it right. To dismiss people because they're not big stars here is missing the fact that here isn't the center of the world. It's missing the fact that elsewhere, these people are gigantic stars. Yuri Prohoshka got that welcome because he has been a massive star that people in the Czech Republic and surrounding areas have been following and paying attention to and wanting to see succeed for a number of years. The same way we saw it with Joanna, the same way we saw it with Conor McGregor, with Valentina Shevchenko in her native Kyrgyzstan and even elsewhere where she's been, like Peru. It's just weird to me that we are so dismissive of things because of how we think about it here. We take these athletes and we take these fights and we go, they're nobody because they're nobody in North America. And it's just a horseshit, lazy assessment of things. We do this thing all the time where what we think, what what our opinion is of something is held out as the only valid opinion. And it's closed-minded. It's... It's the thing that's ruining North American society, frankly, and societies around the world in in many regards. This closed-mindedness, this idea that my way is the right way and anyone else's is, is unacceptable and invalid. And I don't want that for this sport. I don't want that for these athletes. And I'm not trying to get all heal the world kumbaya about it. But this is a sport made up of athletes literally from every corner of the globe. Aaron Bronstetter put out a great tweet after Yuri Prohashka won that said every inhabited continent basically has a, a is represented by a UFC champion now, meaning... You know, Antarctica, not inhabited, 
doesn't have a native people in Antarctica. But everywhere else, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, all have champions. Not many other sports can say that. Not many other sports have that relationship, have that connectivity. And yep, football's one of them. Soccer's one of them. There are, there are people from all over the globe playing in major professional leagues. And it's why it is a global sport. And as stupid as it sounded when Dana said, we're going to overtake soccer. That was never going to happen, but it, it can be a parallel. It can be a similar version. It is a similar version in terms of the diversity and representation and demographic makeup of these athletes, of these rosters, of the people stepping into the cage. And to sit here in North America, anywhere in North America, and think, knowing that, understanding that, that this roster is in the UFC is made up of people from all over the globe, and think, well, they're not big here, so they're not big anywhere, and they're not somebody I need to pay attention to, misses the point of that diversity, misses the beauty of that diverse demographic, misses the fact, and, and is probably blown away and caught off guard by the fact that Yuri Prohashka is the first fighter from the Czech Republic to be a UFC champion. One of two fighters from the Czech Republic in the UFC right now. Maybe three because I think they signed Lucia Pudilova again. Welcome back. It's just crazy to me. And I know I get on here on Mondays and I have these things where stuff is just crazy to me. But fuck, a lot of this stuff is crazy to me. I don't get it. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm idealistic. Maybe I am silver linings all the way. But it's fucking wild to me. If you didn't know he would be the first Czech fighter to hold UFC gold and anticipate that when he went back, he was going to get a hero's welcome with throngs of people turning out to celebrate him and enjoy that moment and enjoy that opportunity for the Czech Republic to stand tall on a world stage in this sport. And if it's because we don't do it here, the answer isn't so no one should do it anywhere. It's that we should fucking do it here. Canadians should be behind Canadians in the UFC and in every sport and in every venture all the time. Same with Americans. You can break it down by province or state. You can break it down by city or town. I don't give a fuck. It's so wild to me that we don't have it. But it's because we're spoiled. It's because we have this sense that it needs to be more than just national pride. It needs to be more than just what I know and it might be big somewhere else. It gets right down to the granular for us of I'm not happy with it, therefore I don't understand how anybody else could be, and that is insane. Let me say that again. That is insane. And listen, I know not a lot of people download and listen to this podcast those of you that do i love you you are special human beings you mean the world to me i appreciate your support you will always have a friend in me but i say this because it needs to be said and if it gets through and resonates to those handful of people then job done mission accomplished and if it gets out to a larger wider greater audience even better
I want to do this better. I want to, I, I want, I want the coverage of MMA and the coverage of these athletes to be better than it is right now. That is an opportunist, that is an idealistic, not opportunistic, that is an idealistic position for me to hold. It's one that I know will never come to pass. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. That doesn't mean I'm not going to fight to do better, to put out stuff the way that I want it to be put out, to say the things that I want to say, to address stuff like this, to address stuff like that lightweight fight being considered not good enough. Because I think these men and women that step into that cage every Saturday night for our entertainment and what everyone agrees is not enough money deserve better than to be dismissed. Deserve better than to have North American audiences and North American media constantly saying they're not good enough, they're not big enough names, they're not important enough to really pay attention to. A video like that, and it's why I, I retweeted it and said what I said, a video like that is a reminder and should be a thing that makes people that dismiss these international fighters as being not big stars or, or thinking about them strictly through the level of stardom and name value they carry within North American circles, within this North American bubble, it should make them think twice about that every time they're about to say it. All right, where do they stand in North America? Fine, that's column A, but where do they stand globally? Jump on fucking Instagram. We all have it. Jump on Instagram and type in their name. And then get a sense for who they are and what they mean in their region or or to a wider audience. Jump on Twitter, see what they are, see what they bring up. Jump on whatever, see who they are. Recognize that it's not just about how you think about them and how we perceive them here in North America. This is a global sport. These are global athletes from literally around the fucking globe and we need to start thinking about it and speaking about it and presenting it that way rather than just these people don't fit here because here isn't the only place we have to consider and and that's what i'm trying to get across here this moment where we where we live in north america where i live in north america isn't the only place I have to consider. It's not just about us. Fuck, there's, there's, the, there's the message. It's not just about you. It's not just about us. It's not just about I want more, I deserve more, we deserve better, they're not big enough. Maybe to you, but to someone else, these people are fucking superstars and legends and avatars of hope. These people are, are, are the kind of people that you tune, turn out for on a Monday morning when they finally get back because goddamn, I want to celebrate that person who is from here and raises us up and shows us on a larger platform and shows us to a larger audience. But North American media and North American fans don't think that way. And because they don't think that way, they think that everybody else does as well. And it's just so goddamn misguided but also so emblematic of what happens 
in the coverage of this sport far too often. We just think in terms of right here, and the UFC said, or, or Endeavor came out and said very recently, that the North American audience doesn't make up very much of its actual audience. And yet in the wake of that statement coming out, North American media hasn't shifted its mindset or its understanding at all. Now, I don't expect them to suddenly just be covering outside of their normal scope, but understand that it's not just about us in North America. It's not just about how we see these athletes. And that's what I want to change. That's what I want to shift amongst, you know, many other things because I'm freakishly idealistic and, and want things to be better at all times for everyone. I honestly don't know if I'm going to post this as, as today's podcast. And I'm, and I'm saying that here on what might be today's podcast because I realize that I'm, I'm fired up and I'm emotional and I'm, I'm charged by this, which is probably reason to post it, but also maybe reason not to. Um, it's just I get tired of this stuff, man. I get I grow weary of these same things over and over. I grow weary of the predictability of MMA media. I get tired of... Fuck, this is going to sound real, real cocky. But, but let's go anyway. I get tired of being right a lot. I get tired of being able to watch the Valentina shevchenko Tyler Santos fight and say the minute the clash of heads happens that so many people are going to come out and go, ah, if not for the clash of heads, it, it would have went the different way because it means they're not paying attention to the whole fucking fight. And Harry and I talked about this on, on Sunday on the takeaways that Tyler Santos's eye was, was getting swollen before that clash of heads. And yeah, the clash, clash of heads absolutely exacerbated things but you can't say that it changed the entire outcome and entire pace and and tenor of that fight the same way we can't say definitively that it didn't it's just a thing that happened in the moment that that happened in the fight and i'm flummoxed here and i'm lost for words here because it feels like this shit happens all the fucking time. We, we make the easiest, laziest statements. We make the top layer base statement. And that's it. We don't, we don't fucking want anything more. We don't mine for anything else. We don't push for anything more than that. We say, ah, clash of heads, change that fight. And a lot of people just go, yep, and accept it and move on. But that's not it. There's more to that fight than just that clash of heads. So much more to it. And I know it sounds cocky and ignorant and people are going to say, holy fuck, that guy's full of himself for saying he hates being right all the time. But like, I, I truly am. I, I wish other people thought about things the way I think about things and viewed things the way I viewed things. I wish there was more support for the way I talk about this sport and the way I perceive things and view things and push things and talk about athletes 
and care about every fight up and down the card and write about them in advance and get excited about fighters long before other people go, oh my God, that guy came out of nowhere. No one comes out of nowhere. Nobody. They all came from somewhere. Nobody just parachutes into the UFC at O and O and is suddenly a contender. It just takes work and effort and energy to look beyond just the thing that is put in front of you and placed in your lap or how it registers in your own perception and your own mind of those people. Which gets us back to this overall thing, right? Which gets us back to the start of this of we don't think about it beyond our own kind of doorstep and our own our own initial impressions. We don't think about the larger global. We don't think about the layers below the surface. And we should because there are so many layers below the surface. The thing that's so fascinating about this sport and its athletes to me is that there is so much richness to it. There are so many layers and levels and ways to talk about this sport and figures to look at and people to speak with and get insights from. But we don't fucking do it all that much. And when it does happen, when somebody does go out and do it and shows us another element of it, Sean El Shaddy puts together that fantastic piece with people about holding mitts. Everybody goes, oh my God, this is great. And then we just recede back to accepting the stuff that isn't that. The athletic tried to do the better, the the deeper layers. And MMA fandom went, nah, I can't pay for that. You used to give me that for free. I ain't going to support these fuckers. And yet you want me to sit here and not call people out when they're dismissive of things. When they don't think beyond their front step because they won't pay 10 bucks a month, 7 bucks a month. Fuck, the Athletic was trying to give away subscriptions for the longest time to get people interested. And people wouldn't contribute $3 a month to get to read six of the best people in this sport on a regular basis. Talking about the layers, talking about the things that everybody kind of steps out and goes, man, I wish we got more than just the Twitter stuff and just the beefs and I care about this. But you don't support it. You don't go out and champion it. You don't think about it from a a larger perspective. And if you do, maybe it's just me. You don't support me. Fine. But my paid subscription numbers aren't that high. The Athletic had to ask its people because their subscription numbers and their traffic wasn't as high. It's just maddening, man. It's it's frustrating knowing that there are so many layers to this fucking sport and, and so much about these athletes that we do not talk about because our mindset is so messed up about it. Our focus is just so off about it. We, we don't think about it beyond that tunnel vision. And then you see stuff like Yuri Prohashka going home to the Czech Republic and I think about talking to him about it beforehand and, and getting him to say and, and try to say what it would mean to go back and looking forward to this moment. And I'm, I'm very happy for him for seeing that. It, it genuinely makes me smile and makes me tear up because I know what that means to him and I know what that means to all those people there. And I wish more people in the media thought about those things in advance. I wish more people in the media 
thought about what Armin Saryukin means to to people. I wish more... I'm getting quiet because I don't want to get fucking yelly and screamy again. I don't want to grab this mic sitting in front of me and shake it. But, like, think about it from more than just your own your own point of view. That's what we're supposed to do in the media, right? It's not supposed to necessarily be about us. It's supposed to be presenting the story. But the story extends beyond what we see about it right in front of us. The influence these people have and and the stardom that they carry extends well beyond the borders of North America or the United States or wherever you want to say. And if we don't think about it that way and we don't take the time to look at it that way and present it that way, we're missing out and we're doing, I've used the word a bunch of times, but we're doing a disservice to these athletes and the sport. Because we should be covering it like the global sport that it is and talking about these athletes like the global stars they are, like the stars they are in their homelands, where they're from, to the people that have watched them on the regional circuit. I rave all the time about the severe guys and what they put out and the effort they put into covering this sport And it's because from the absolute fucking grassroots of Irish MMA all the way through to the top end of this sport, they are covering every inch of it. And they are building relationships with these athletes and giving them a platform and treating them like the heroes and the stars they are in their small fucking towns and in these smaller promotions where it means something. And yet we get to North America and if you're not a star and you don't move traffic and you don't have a dope IG page, we don't fucking pay attention. And it's so reductive and dismissive and shitty and lazy. It's really, I think it comes down to that. I think that's what it is. It's lazy. I'm tired of seeing people cover the, be lazy covering this sport. And look, you don't have to change for me. Your, your fucking company, your business is happy with the effort you put in and, and the numbers you generate, more power to you. But I can't do it, man. I can't sit here and I won't sit here and, and ride it out happily. I won't sit here and ride it out quietly because fuck that. <laughs> That's no, I mean, it's no fun, but it's also not, it's not what I want. It's not right to me. And as cliche as it sounds to quote, you know, therapists or as, or as hacky as it sounds to, to quote my therapist actually, and many, many other therapists around the world, I'm going to be the change, continue to try to be the change that I want to see in this sport by calling out stuff like this, by saying Next time anyone in the North American media wants to dismiss international fighters, please reference this video. Because fuck you for dismissing them and not thinking about who they are beyond your narrow perception of it, beyond your tunnel vision. It's bullshit. It's lazy. It's hacky. It's a lack of effort and investment. The same way that calling people, Kevin Holland came out of nowhere 
in 2020. No, he didn't. He had fucking five or six fights in the UFC. That's not out of nowhere. Just because you just found out about him didn't mean they just fell out of the, the sky and landed somewhere. It means you weren't paying attention. And just because you weren't paying attention doesn't mean everybody wasn't paying attention. It's bullshit. I'm tired of it. I've been tired of it. Not I'm tired of it. I've been tired of it. But thankfully, I'm surrounded by good people now that that listen to the same, that think the same way I think. And encourage me to keep thinking and speaking and acting this way. And I've grown to a point of being 43 and not giving a fuck what Twitter and everybody else has to say. I used to agonize over numbers and traffic. And look at everything that I posted when I worked at the province. And I would get into that back end, into that CMS. And I would look and see what each post got. And I would get upset when I wasn't near the top. And I would get super happy when I was. But I know now at 43 that that doesn't matter. What what matters is that I am putting out quality content. Speaking my mind. Putting my energy, my passion, my truth into these pieces. Covering these athletes, these men and women with love and kindness and respect and the care and depth and detail that they deserve. And that there's a handful of people that like it and appreciate it. And I, I cannot stress it enough. I thank you. I love you. I value you. You mean the world to me. And everybody else can get fucked. can just kick rocks because they don't care anymore. I don't, I don't care about playing nice. I don't care about, well, this is the way we do it and this is what's expected and all of that. I don't care. I think we are lazy. I think there are a lot of people that, that do a half-ass job with this and could do better and should do better. And I'm going to try to not let their half-assed effort bother me as much as it still does, clearly. But I'm also going to call it out when I see it. And I'm also going to record podcasts like this when there are shining examples that we knew were going to come. That show that idea that you had is horseshit. And that opinion that you held is narrow-minded. And that position you took is lazy and unefforted. Because, you know, we sit here and we watch these athletes every weekend step into the cage and take damage and spill their blood and get hurt. And we know everything that goes into it before that. They leave their families, they leave their homes, they stress their bodies out. They commit all kinds of money to getting out there and being able to get in there. And yes, it is for their own competition and their own pursuits, but it's also for our entertainment. And we don't treat them with the fucking kindness and respect and appreciation and depth and detail that they deserve. We sit there and we watch them bleed and then we go, Ah, we're done with them. Everybody that dismissed 
Armin Saryukin and Matoish Gamrot watched them fight. I don't care if you remember them or not. You watched them compete a combined eight times in the UFC. And to dismiss them after they gave you that entertainment. After they gave you pieces of themselves over those fights. After they took shots. After they delivered blows. After they gave up time with their families. To train and be at their best for when they stepped in that octagon so that they could pursue their goals and advance in their careers, but also provide you with something to watch on a Saturday. You want to sit there and say, I don't know who the fuck this guy is and they don't deserve to be a main event. That is horseshit to me. You want to not expect Yuri Prohashka to get a hero's welcome when he returns home to the Czech Republic. I think it's lazy. I think it's dismissive. I think it's reductive. I think I think we need to do better. And I'm going to I'm going to bust my ass. Continue to bust my ass to do better. And anybody that wants to do it with me, anybody that wants to join in, you know how to get a hold of me. Anybody that wants to contribute to it, anybody that wants to be a part of this, just hit me up. If you want to see more of this, you want to hear more of this, subscribe to the newsletter. Build those numbers. Help me build those numbers. Paid or not, I don't care. I just want you reading. I I want to give you something better than you're getting from everybody else. And yep, that sounds cocky as fuck, but sure. I know the quality I put out. I know the depth and detail I put into this. I've got my mentions open here and I see a little a like on that last tweet from somebody that I've been chatting with for a little bit now who for a couple of events that I didn't know this person was fighting until now and it was a Friday or a Saturday. Oh, I had no idea. And I would say, well, you should subscribe to the newsletter because, you know, by Wednesday you would have known because I write this thing called One question for every fight where I go through the entire fight card. And if you were subscribing and you were reading that article, you would have gotten to that name that you're excited to see that's further down the card and may not be the biggest name in the sport or the biggest name on the card, but you're excited about it. And I would have told you about it Wednesday. You wouldn't have had to wait till Friday or Saturday morning to get excited. That should be our fucking job. That person is the person I want to write for every single time. Because if I can give you two more days of excitement, two more days of anticipation, then you're going to be even more invested. Not only in what I do and in following what I, what I do, but in those athletes. And you're going to get to see and hear and learn and know about other people on that card because you've spent that much more time being into it. But not enough people think like that in the media. Not enough people approach it like that. And I know this is now skewed off the rails and gone from what it started to to just being about media. But fuck it, I'm done. I'm, I, I don't care. We need to be better. I'm going to keep pushing to be better. And to cover this sport with def- different levels of detail, with different levels of insight, with different types of, of ideas and thinking and approaches. And I love that I've got Harry on board on Saturday, on Sundays because that kid is as sharp as it comes and he makes me better and he thinks about this sport and talks about the sport and these athletes in ways that, it, I mean, I've, 
it motivates me. It makes me angry that I don't think that way. And it motivates me to get on his level and start thinking that way. And I've got Sean and Ian that we do the podcast with or we do the show with every Thursday, most Thursdays, sometimes Wednesdays, that share that energy. And I want you to go follow them. I want you to subscribe to everything they do. I want you to join the the Severe MMA Patreon because what they put out, as I said, the whole team, this isn't just about the, the dudes I run with. This is about Andy and Quilcha and everybody else there because they cover it the way that it should be covered from the ground up from the basement to the penthouse they're not caught off guard by anybody there's nobody that shows up on that scene that came out of nowhere because they know everybody and the reason i know they cover it well and they do their jobs really well is that this weekend harry sent me a video of an amateur fight between gary rooney and jamie abbott bissett And one of the comments I sent back to him was, doesn't Jamie Abbott Bissett have a sister and isn't her name Nadine? And the only reason I know that is because those motherfuckers cover the sport from tip to tails and pass it along all the time. I don't know why all these people that get paid far more money on far greater platforms than those boys do can't cover this sport or even just the UFC with even a modicum of the passion and commitment and energy that those lads do. I'm done waiting for everybody to catch up. I'm done waiting for everybody to to get on board and shift that way because it ain't going to happen. And I'm I'm done sitting here hoping and praying and wishing and, and dreaming for that day to come. What I'm going to do is what those severe boys do, and and I'm going to do it with them as much as I can. And I invite, like I said, anybody that wants to be a part of it, get on board. Subscribe, follow, hit me up. This sport deserves better than what it's getting right now. That's, That's the bottom line of it. This sport and these athletes deserve better than it's getting right now. Because North American media doesn't do a good enough job. They don't. They just don't. It's too shallow. It's too narrow-minded. It's too whatever. It's too invested in their own fucking thoughts and ideas. And not... It's not a wide enough angle. And it needs to be wider. And there needs to be alternatives to the the sameness that is out there. And I'm going to be one of those alternatives.